This, this, this is, 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 Fight Disciples. Welcome to podcast episode number 808. We are the Fight Disciples. This is your MMA preview for the weekend coming up. Before we get stuck in, please subscribe to us. You can do it via our website, fightdisciples.com. All the audio feeds under the sun are there for you. Uh, so hit the button and make sure you keep coming back day after day, week after week. You can also subscribe to us if you prefer to watch your podcast on our YouTube channel, which is growing slowly but surely. Uh, and if you could tell your friends about it, I don't know, you might have a mate that likes a bit of MMA. You might like to watch people reacting in the moment to fight wins and fight losses. Well, we've got a reaction cam up there for you. No problem whatsoever. Uh, please hit the button and subscribe to the Fight Disciples YouTube channel. Have we recovered? From our little trip to UFC 295, are you feeling a bit better now? Well, once I get rid of these fucking man boobs, I'll be all right, yeah? Put a few pounds on, that's for goddamn sure. Conversations about us going to Vegas via LA to do whatever in a couple of weeks' time and making me think and need to get me fat ass on some kind of a treadmill. Because, uh, yeah, but you man. don't run. You don't run. No, you're no, a walker. Yeah, you're mean, a walker. I, I mean, more you, of a, what, you a rower. You don't get rower. Oh yeah, I can, yeah, I can do a rower. Yeah, I can do a rower. Do you? But I need to. I need to step up the gas. Walking the dog around the golf course for a couple of hours every day isn't uh, isn't going to cut it. I need to get a few pounds off. Otherwise, I'm going to do the thing that I hate doing, and that's hurtling into Christmas already, yeah. feeling a little bit chunky monkey. Whereas I like to get into Christmas week feeling lean, so I can just fucking annihilate it. Snowballs and roasties every day, mate. I thought about you yesterday, right? Because I was in uh, in the local supermarket getting the food in for the for the week and what have you. And they've already started putting up the Christmas food, haven't they? They're already sticking it under your nose. You've got the mince pies, you've got the variety of cheeses, you've got all this type of shit. Do you know what I love? Do you know what I love? Do you know what? I'm not allowed. Jane says I'm not allowed to buy them until December, but I love a cheddar barrel and a twiglet barrel. That for me is Christmas. Do you know them little mini cheddar barrels that you get and the mini twiggler barrels? Oh, why do you like them? They're, they're such a, they're oh such my a, God. They're just such Mate, an odd choice of snack. They are absolutely Christmas for me. December the 1st, supermarket, I buy them and that's it. Every night before bed, I'm just like twiglets in one arm, cheddars in another. Twiglets are just like eating fucking sticks, mate. Mate, twiglets are absolutely from the gods. I what, absolutely what, what drink them. do you put with that? Snowballs, usually. <laughs> it's Christmas, isn't it? On December the 1st, you're drinking snowballs? Absolutely. Been waiting all year for them. Been waiting <laughs> since New Year's Day. Can't drink a snowball after New Year's Eve. Well, New Year's Day, obviously. You can't, you can't drink them before December the 1st either. Right. Okay. So you get you get you get thirty one days to enjoy a snowball, and mate, I like to enjoy a snowball. Yeah, twiglets and cheddars aren't the ones for me, man. Don't, don't your, get me wrong. What's your snack of choice over Christmas? I'm one of the, I'm I'm more of the chocolate dude. You know, like you get oh, the big no, no mate. You get the big boxes of the fucking. He, everybody gets them, doesn't it? You get your heroes. Yeah, yeah. You get your all Generally that type the kids of I'm, see, I'm just not, as you know, I'm not, I'm just not a chocolate guy at all. I don't even, if I have a chocolate bar, it's because I feel like, oh, a bit lighter today. I'll have a bit of, sh- I'll have a bit of chocolate. And I'll, and Jane goes, you're the only person I've ever met who can't, who doesn't eat a full chocolate bar. I'll have a, two bites and then put it in the fridge and be like, Ugh. and Jane will come in going, oh, chocolate bar. I, I literally don't eat chocolate at all. 
bought crisps and oh. snacks oh. and crackers and cheddars. Oh, Don't get me wrong. Amazing. If I'm on the wine, mate, if I'm on the wine, which is highly likely over the Christmas period, the <laughs> uh, the cheeses is the ones, mate. A little bit of fucking Stilton on a little uh, black pepper cracker. That's I like, a, I like an apple wood smoked over a over a mm. salted over a salted cracker. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit of me that. Look at I'm pres- also from. I'm I'll also from. Maybe giggle. Me as well. Yes, I was just about to bring that up because I spotted you doing that whilst we were in New York. So, oh mate, you should see this guy. You should see this guy. He has got the fucking full. Full hit out. You sat there around the dinner table, cheese boy. As soon as somebody mentions cheese, he's in, aren't you? <laughs> You're like fucking Wallace and Gromit. All in, man. <laughs> Chutney's the bloody lot, mate. You, uh, like, you can't. T- you're the you're the quintessential northerner. Everywhere oh. we go, can we go to a, Can we go to an Irish bar? I feel like a cottage pie. Adam, you had one yesterday and the Shepherds. day before. Shepherd's, shepherd's pie, pie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll rather this. I'll rather this. When I was doing the big shop yesterday, so I bought I bought food for 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 the week for the for the family. Uh, last night, fish pie. Tonight we're going to have a midweek roast. Thursday night, shepherd's pie's back on the menu, son. You've got to be. I'm a man of simple means: meat, spuds, and veg. That's how I roll. <laughs> I bet your herbs. Your herbs cupboard consists of salt and pepper. Salt and pepper, a bit of time. I put a bit of time on me, uh, <laughs> on me, on me, on me meats for the for the Sunday roast. Yeah, that's, it. that's all you do. Now, man, anyway. I've got I've got to, I've got to cut back on the white things. So uh, I'm going to do a veggie curry today, probably with a, with a little bit of brown rice or something, but a tiny bit of rice. No, no naan bread. Got to try and cut back on the white stuff for a few weeks. <laughs> So. No, it's the Twiglets, Cheddars, and fucking. No, cheese I haven't touched boards. them yet. I haven't touched them yet. I've got another twenty-four hours. I've got another 16, 18 days before I can get into the Twiglets and the Cheddars. It's November, isn't it? Slick, slick. Anyway, there you go. I don't know why you why you concentrate on this anyway, because even though we are obviously thinking of doing <laughs> UFC two nine six and a, a week out there in the build up to Leon and Colby, it's not red hot. You're not going to be fucking speedos deep, mate. You know what I mean? When we left, what was the last last conversation we had when we left New York? We said to Bispin, can we fly into your house and have a swim in your swimming pool before we go to Vegas? (laughs) And Bispin said, yes, you can. So I'm preempting that just in case it does happen by fucking losing a few pounds. Because I don't want Fight Diary number one. To look yeah. like fight diary number one in New York when Mike knocked on me door and I had a towel around my waist and I just fucking look like some kind of beached whale. So I want people to be like, oh, I'll tell you what, whoa, Nixon shaped there diving into Bispin's pool, isn't he? You've just given away the first content idea for the for fight week of UFC 296 where we're doing Believe You Me Fight Disciples crossover from a jacuzzi. From a jacuzzi. Potentially. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. We'll give you more information on that as we get a little bit closer. Uh, thank you very much, by the way, for all your kind comments about um, the content that we created last week at UFC 295. We tried to get you as close as we possibly could to the action. If you felt like you were there with us, that was the whole point of it. So hopefully it paid off. Those diaries uh, were the purpose of that. 
the crossovers with Mike on his uh, his podcast was the purpose of that. So hopefully you felt a little bit closer uh, to quite a monumental week for British MMA in particular and a big week just for the UFC because what Alex Pereira achieved in that main event is pretty bloody sensational. We've already done the review show on that. That's a little earlier on, episode 806. So if you haven't seen it, it is there for you on our YouTube channel. You can go and have a little bit of a nosy uh, and, uh, and get stuck into that. This week is all about the Apex and looking forward uh, to more British involvement in the main event. Big fight at middleweight with Brendan Allen taking on our very own Paul Craig. But there's also Me, Paul couple, Craig. there's also a couple of other uh, little uh, sprinkles uh, of action that we want to talk about. Again, involving British fighters because Mick Parkin and hopefully uh, Chris Leroy Duncan is going to get an opponent unsure at this moment. Fingers crossed we can uh, we can get that done. opponent. Cesar Almeida pulled out. Yeah, he's got Dennis Tolulan. Have they shorted it? I apologise. That's obviously been sorted uh, before, after I made these notes for this show. Uh, so that's good that he's got an uh, opponent, Chris uh, Christian Leroy Duncan. We'll get to that in a minute, though. Uh, because Brendan Allen <clears throat> taking on Paul Craig at the Apex uh, this weekend. It's a shame that it's at the Apex, of course, but it's Formula One weekend in Las Vegas, so therefore yeah. everybody's off the strip. Even the box yeah. has been booted to Thursday away from uh, right. the strip. Everything's Formula One stuff. Uh, but what a matchup this is. Brendan Allen's on an unbelievable hot streak right now, finishing dudes for fun. He is uh, a grapple-heavy fighter, but he does have some slick stand-up. Uh, and we know that Paul Craig has recently stepped down from light heavyweight into middleweight, got an unbelievable victory against Andre Muniz. Um, again, we know that Paul is a slickster when it hits the floor, but he did show major developments, I thought, on the feet last time out against Muniz. Uh, yeah. And uh, it was that that obviously paid dividends and he got himself that second round finish. This is, in my opinion, again, another step up for Paul um, against Brendan Allen. But if you can come through this, then all of a sudden you're starting to talk about top five guys uh, at middleweight. For both guys, this is. I think even for Brendan Allen, if you beat Paul Craig, uh, who is probably the biggest challenge that you've got when it comes to jujitsu uh, yeah. in the middleweight division, uh, then you of two are, of course, then starting to talk about fighting top five guys and pushing towards Sean Strickland, which is uh, what all these guys want to do. I think it's a great matchup, man. It's a fantastic matchup. I really hope that it plays out for a bit on the feet. And then I want to see him grappling. I want to see him rolling around. Uh, and I want to see who the best guy is when it comes to that type of stuff. Yeah, we often say, don't we, do only get two two grapplers or two submission guys, two jujitsu guys in this case. Um, a kickboxing match more often than not breaks out. Um, and I think that might be the case for a round or two, but I think eventually it will hit the ground, obviously, and eventually we'll see just who is the best fighter. Um, the benefit that Paul Craig's got here is that when it does hit the ground, he's quite happy to land on his back, even against the likes of Muniz and even against someone like as, as high caliber as Brendan Allen. Um, Brendan Allen has got a win over Muniz. Paul Craig has got a win over Muniz in his last fight. Paul Craig managed to stop him with ground and pound on the floor. Allen got a submission. Uh, over a highly, highly decorated jiu-jitsu black belt. So it's the perfect fight for both these guys. You know, put Brendan Allen gets a huge name in Paul Craig from the division above, who's looked sensational in his one fight at middleweight. And Paul Craig fights a guy that kind of is in his wheelhouse. These are two sharks from the same ocean, with the same desires, with the same bloodlust, with the same finishing prowess. You know, it's not like it's a, it's a massive breakaway, like you're fighting someone with great takedown defense. That's just the striker. Brendan Allen. And Paul Craig are very similar stylistically. Brendan Allen's in fantastic form right now. You're right, the form guide suggests it points towards him. 
But he's got a lot. Of, he's got a lot of losses on his record as well. What he lost five over the, over the course of his career, usually in points decisions. He has been stopped. He has been submitted, even though it was a long time ago. It was Trevin Giles about five or six fights into his career. So it's not like he's untouchable, Brendan Allen. He's just in a good place right now. He's in a real good place. There's pressure on him being the main event, um, even though it's the apex. Will it go five rounds? Highly unlikely. I don't think either of these guys have been five rounds before. But I don't know, man. There's, there's, there's pressure on both of them. You know, they both had, they've both been in a main event before. They both beat Andre Muniz in a main event before. They both got performance of the night for that night against Brendan Allen. Um, against Andre Muniz, sorry. And I just think this is the, it's set up perfectly. This is what, listen, this is what we've come to expect with the UFC. Two guys with massive aspirations in this middleweight division. One ranked number 14, one ranked number 10. It's a great fight. I fancy Paul. I really do. I like I Paul at middleweight. I listen, like him at I middleweight. Know, I know you do. My, my concerns for him are, Paul's an energy guy. He, you know, he does the face pain, he reacts to the crowd, he comes out, yeah. he plays to the crowd, he pumps it up, he gives it all that type of thing. And he's intense at the stir downs. He's in and he's feeding off the energy of the people that are in the stadium and in and around him. He ain't got that this week. It ain't there. It's going to feel very, very different for him when he's in those particular moments, when he's lasering himself in on his, on, on his opponent. It's basically a glorified, high-intense spar, isn't it? Is what it is, because you're behind closed doors at the apex. Don't get me wrong, there's a couple of hundred people that do get to go in there. But it's not 10, 15, 20,000 that he's been used to in, in the past, Paul Craig. I know that the same applies to Brendan Allen, but it feels like it matters more to Paul, that element yeah. of stuff. Um, And then when you're fighting a guy like Brendan Allen, it is a very, it's a very different, difficult task in front of you. I think Brendan's actually slicker on the feet. Um, so therefore, Paul's going to want it to be closer. He's going to want to be in those grappling exchanges because I, I just think Brendan, from what I've seen, he mixes it really, really well. And he mixes it to the point where people then automatically are surprised by how good he is on the feet. And then they think, oh, go on then, I'll, I'll grapple with you. And then you're in his, his, his place of paradise. But that's an interesting caveat to this fight because I think on the on the floor, Paul's stronger as he's proven at light heavyweight. So it's got, mate, it's going to be so interesting to, to just to see the, tactic, the tactics playing out at the start of this fight and whether the energy of the room does affect Paul in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, I'm just having a little quick look there about both their experiences in terms of the lockdown situation and when we were locked behind closed doors. They both actually only fought once at the apex behind closed doors. Um, Brendan Allen beat Kyle Daukas on points at the apex on the Poirier versus Hooker undercard. That was in mm. February, uh, June. Well, that was one of the first ones. That yeah. was one of the first ones, yeah. And then similarly, Paul Craig, he won once behind closed doors at UFC 255 at the Apex um, during lockdown. And that was his rematch with, with, with Shogun Hua. Um, so they've both, they've both fought there before in front of limited crowds mm. and both won there before as well. Because that's a, you're right, that's a really important point, but they've both got the same kind of level of experience there. So, you know, that, that may be 
not be a big factor for Paul. Bear in mind, he beat Shogun, but then raising your game against Shogun is quite easy when you've had a draw with him in Brazil and you've been in with him before and you think, right, I can do him this time. This is a different animal altogether than Brendan Allen, you're right. And as long as Paul doesn't do anything sloppy with his hands, mm. um, honestly, I think he gets this done. I really do. I really I really like him at middleweight. Don't forget, Paul Craig's been a lot higher at light heavyweight than oh, yeah, Brendan yeah, yeah. Allen managed that middleweight. You know, so for Brendan Allen, this is even though he's he's likely to be the favourite because of the form guy, I think there's Brendan Allen stepping up to face Paul Craig rather than the other way around. Okay. Um, regarding the division, because we know that obviously uh, Sean and Drikas, which we're delighted about, we put that out on our uh, okay. on our channels recently, uh, they're going to be fighting at, at the start of the year in, in Toronto. Uh, we're led to, well, we're told by Izzy himself that he's taking a bit of a break and nobody's going to begrudge him that with the amount of fights that he's had over his uh, tenure at the UFC. Yeah. As I look down all the challenges, there's only Roman de Lidze uh, that he's actually matched. He's going to be fighting Imovov uh, December the 9th. Whitaker, Cannonier, Vittori, Costa, Chimaev and Amanson, all above these lads. Yeah. They are. They don't have matchups. Now, and Usman's probably in there as well. Has he not yeah, made the rankings? Yeah. Uh, well, he's not fully committed to what... Well, he should do. He should absolutely fully commit to this division, but he's talking still about 170. So, you're, yeah, you're right. You could probably put Kamaru Usman in there as well who also isn't matched up. But I would love to see Usman and, and Chimaev go at it again over Me five too. rounds, if, if I'm dead yeah. honest. Um, which one would you call out? If you win, which one do you call out? Because you've got to name one of them. If you if you move Roman de Lidze out the way because he's matched, which one do you go for? Mm. That is a really good question. Who would you go for? Stylistically, it's not. I think Jack Hamanson suits both these guys with them being a submission guy as well. It's only one Jack spot, Ham though, isn't it? That yeah, you're only climbing up one spot, but it's you're still climbing up. Um, Costa, Vittori, Cannonier are all incredibly dangerous strikers, yeah. Whitaker's outstanding everywhere. Do you know I what I Jack think? The Jack and Manson one makes the most sense. But you know what? If I'm either of these guys, we've just said the name there. I would say Usman. I would say, listen, Kamaru, you're new to the division as well. You're here. You're, you've just, you know, probably lost out on a decision that should have been a draw against Hamza. He's unavailable. Let's make it happen. Mate, I think Kamaru's really dangerous with a pair of them. Don't get me wrong. Of course. They're all, of course. They're, they're, they're all dangerous. They're all dangerous. I would call out Hamzat. But if he's out, he's out. If Hamzat's unavailable, he's unavailable. That's what I mean. You know, you're yeah. saying Hamzat's probably going to be out six months. I would come all out. Is, he, out is that Kamaru what he said? Usman. Has he said that he's out six months? Is that what he yeah, said? Yeah, the hand ligaments, yeah. Right. So I would call out Kamaru Usman. I would say, listen, Kamaru, let's dance, baby. Because he's the name. Yeah. And he, even though he's not ranked there, you beat a Kamaru Usman, and you're fucking one win away. I think that's tough. I think Kamara was really mate, tough. Of it's incredibly <laughs> tough. It's incredibly tough. But you're trying to get you look at the, get, yeah, you're trying to get Clark, you're trying to get him the to, right guy yeah. at the right time. Can you get him at the right time? And Kamara Usman brings the name value, the legacy value, and potentially you're getting him at just the right time. Even though he looked great in round two and round three against a completely and utterly shattered uh Hamza. 
as you as you look at that murderers row there, there's a that's a tough division, isn't it? That is so so tough. Yeah, it is incredibly tough. Incredibly mm. tough. Looking forward to the fight. Um, Brendan Allen taking on Paul Craig. Um, winner obviously catapults themselves into the top ten. It's going to be interesting to see one how it plays out and two what they say on that microphone. Because listen, and uh, I, I said this on Twitter, I put it on our uh, social media, right? And it wasn't supposed to be a dig at Colby Covington. It was supposed to be a compliment to Colby Covington and highlight to people um, that not necessarily what you're doing is yep. the premier thing. What you're saying is also premier too. I was pointing out in the welterweight division, we know that Colby Covington is fighting Leon Edwards for the welterweight championship at UFC 296. Colby Covington, as it stands right now, is the only fighter in the top 14 ranked fighters at welterweight to not have a win over another ranked fighter. Everybody else has a, at currently least ranked. one. Yeah, currently ranked. Yeah. yeah. Um, everybody else currently ranked in the top 14 has a win over a currently ranked uh, fighter. And the point that I was making is you've got to make the audience care. You've got to sell. You've got to, you've got to make people asked. There's not one person that is thinking about Leon versus Colby that are thinking, oh, I can't be asked for that fight. Of course you can be asked for that fight. And you can be asked for that fight because, one, you've got a premier champion, that has, but he's had beef caused against him by this fella who, listen, who's a very good fighter. We all know that he is. And, yes, he's beaten a, a former champion in the past like Tyron Woodley, but he's here because he's chirpy, because he gets on the microphone and he says stuff and he makes you care about stuff. That's the point that I'm trying to make. So these guys at the weekend, Brendan Allen and Paul Craig, who were both top quality mixed martial artists, don't waste your moment. Get on the microphone, have it clear in your head who you want, say what you want, because there's a higher chance then of you being able to get it. You might not get your Kamari Usman, but then you might get a Marvin Vittori. You know what I mean? You might get a Paolo Costa. Well, you might not get a Paolo. You might get a Jared Cannonier, which is then a ranking fight for you. So don't waste the moment on the microphone is what I'm trying to say. No, just just do a Colby and put a MAGA hat on. <laughs> That's why Colby so he is, let's be honest. But he's also chirpy as well. Um, <clears throat> Jay, he's, he's fucking Trump's mate. That's why he's where he is. Jay, hey, anyway, anyway, co-main event time. My mate, Jake. Jake Matthews, uh, Michael Morales. Uh, Matthews um, has been in the UFC for absolute time. 18 fights deep now. Uh, he's got a bit of a mixed record, 12 and 6. Uh, Morales is undefeated. Striker, three fights into his UFC career. It feels, mate. It yeah. feels like they're trying to showcase something here with this yeah. particular fight because a lot of people obviously know who Jake Matthews is, but it looks like they're trying to go, go on then, Mr. Morales. Go and take the limelight. We'll give you the co-main slot. We'll give you someone that a lot of people know all about who's definitely an all-action type of fighter. Go make a statement. Yeah, it's it's funny, isn't it? You stay, if you stick around long enough, how the tables have turned. I remember when Jake first came into the UFC. And I was high on him. I thought he had a kid with a, a ton of promise, a ton of potential. Um, and it just he just hasn't been able to find a stride. He's He's been on a real journey, both in the UFC and outside of it. He's converted to Islam and everything else. He's changed, turns his life upside down and good luck to the kid. Uh, but he's never really quite managed to potentially fulfill that initial potential. And when you stick around, as you say, when you stick around long enough, now he's a veteran of the UFC. Then, unfortunately, if you, especially when you're not stringing wins together, which he isn't, 
um, then you become a marked man and you become a guy that becomes a potential stepping stone for the next big bright thing. And that's you're right, that's kind of how this fight feels. Michael Morales, unbeaten in 15, three wins in the UFC, bunch of finishes on there. People are high on him. People are getting excited about him. It's a step up for him. Jake Matthews is absolutely a step up for him. This is a lot of pressure on him as well. Co-main event slots. UFC have now gone, okay, we're going to back you. Let's see what you do with a, a, a all-rounder veteran like Jake Matthews. So it's funny, you know, again, I remember Jake when he came in, early 20s. You know, superstar out of Australia. Everyone in Australia was saying he's going to be the next big thing. And, um, yeah, it just hasn't happened for him. Now Michael Marias is the next big thing. So, listen, this is UFC. It's a co-main event spot at Ooh. the Apex. Jake Matthews is more than capable of rising to the occasion. But if Michael Morales is the guy that people are saying he is, if he's the potential future title contender that few corners are starting to whisper, then... He's got to get through Jake Matthews and look convincing doing it. Mm. Uh, Chase Hooper uh, against Jordan Levitt. I'm actually into this fight. Both these dudes have got mad little records, haven't they? What they had about yeah. seven, seven apiece, four and three. Chase Hooper. I think it's a similar thing for Jordan Levitt as well. Uh, two grapplers, limited striking, could be incredibly fun. I'll tell you what. If Chase wins this. And if by some miracle Paddy loses against Tony Ferguson, that's a joke, oh. by the way. That's a that's a close fight. If Chase Hooper wins this and Paddy Paddy the Baddy loses to Tony Ferguson, Chase Hooper versus Paddy Pimlet will happen in the new year. There you go. I guarantee it. I think Paddy comes through against Tony Ferguson. Don't get me wrong. I think Chase Hooper comes through against Jordan Levitt as well. I think it's a good fight for Chase. This stage of his career, he's a proper lightweight now. We've seen him in the past. He's got big stones. He's a very talented grappler. I think he gets this done and gets this done by submission. But Jordan Levitt's no joke. I think I think the kid's won a couple since he lost the paddy. Two or he three. Has, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's a good kid. So it's just a he's just a weird kid. Well, you say you say weird. He, 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 yeah. All right. He's an orthodox. He's, he's unique. He's an orthodox he's, character. He's unique. He's unique. He's unique. Yeah. Um. Chris. Tell me about the opponent for because I haven't seen it. So Christian Leroy Duncan, he was supposed to be fighting Cesar Almeida. Cesar Almeida has pulled out of that fight. Yeah. Um, and in the last twenty four hours, they've uh, they found him an opponent and they've got him on the apex, which is good. We, you know, he's he's gone all that way. He's done the camp and whatever you want him to be fighting. So who've they brought in? They brought in Dennis Tolulan, the big Russian striker. Um, kid's got nine knockouts on his records. Come into the UFC uh, a couple of years ago. I think he's won one, lost three. Last time out, got chin, got knocked out in the first round by Robocop, Gregory Rodriguez. Um, so he's 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 struggling in the UFC, but you know, it's not like he was undefeated when he came in either. I think he had a he had a little short spare spin at, at ACB. You know, I will be honest, I think the UFC might be a little bit too far for Tulan. So I like this matchup for Chris Leroy Duncan. He's a striker as well, Tulan, no submissions on his record, which will suit Christian as well. Um, and it's just about bouncing back now. There's, there's no shame whatsoever in losing to a man like Armand Petrosian, who's a very, very experienced uh, mixed martial artist. You just need to see a reaction out of Christian now. Okay, the undefeated record's gone. That 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 weight is off my shoulders. The chip's gone. I'm eight and one now. Let's get back on track. Let's do a number on Tolulan. And I think Tolulan could be the perfect guy to do it against. 
Mm. How goes Mick Parkin's debut? Sensational. Even Sensational. though the even though the, the finish didn't come, it, it felt like he was just in first gear. Yeah, like he did, exactly. it, like he just completely cruised the fight. Um, obviously enjoying the moment of being in London, getting on the big stage. Uh, first time he'd been the distance. First time he's he's gone to a points decision. Mick Parkin. There's no shame in that. Sometimes I think if you're six, if you're six and zero oh with six finishes, you get into the UFC, you finish that guy. Then you think my shit don't stink. I'm the fucking guy. Mm. And I just think the fact that he went 15 minutes in London, he had that opportunity. Okay, listen. At the end of it, we were going. Did he get? Did he get into third gear? No, he didn't. No. But. He enjoyed that moment. I think he's been matched here with Chao uh, Machado, Brazilian with a very similar record, eight and one and one, 10 fight Brazilian, a novice, a striker. Straight after contender, isn't it? Well. Yeah. Straight after contender. It'll suit Mick as well. This is Machado's, you know, proper debut. It's a good fight, man. It's a good fight for Mick Parkin. Listen, both of these guys will be used to this octagon. They've both come through the contender series. They've both fought behind closed doors. Obviously, Mick's got that little bit more of experience. He's had that one fight in front of the big crowd at London. The thing that I was really impressed with Mick was is that he didn't react to crowd. He just went and he also didn't chase the knockout. So obviously, in the past, when he's been fighting people, the, the opportunity must have presented itself to him for him to then get the finish that he required. The, the the opportunity didn't present itself to him in London, so he just stayed in his lane, stayed in his gear. I thought his feints, his reactions were absolutely on point. And as the fight was progressing, he was just steadily getting better and better and better. His shot selection was top class. His, uh, his range control, superb. And this is obviously a tried and testament to uh, the... Uh, the gym that he's working at, mate. He's at uh, he's up at uh, uh, the northwest of England in the in the Monsters Gym with the likes of Tom Aspinall. So if you're working alongside Tom every <clears> single day, you're going to pick up a couple of things, aren't you? When it yeah, be, especially on range control and how quick your feet are. Uh, and I thought Mick took to the UFC like a duck to water. I, listen, I'd like to say it's a good it fight it, for him. It is, it is a very good fight for both guys because, like, Mick's just come off the contender series, hasn't he? Yeah, he's had the one fight, which we were all, we we're all buzzing off. Uh, but this is back to where he's come from. Apex, no crowd against the guy who's used to Apex, no crowd. The guy that he's fighting against, he's a striker. He's used to doing, uh, you know, he's used to having his own way in the octagon. Um, I don't think Mick will be phased by it whatsoever. But it is it is a good fight. It's heavy. It's heavyweight mixed martial arts, man. It could go either way, but I would fully back what I've seen so far that Mick Parkin will come through this. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to see him get a finish. Obviously. Oh, but yes, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, steal the show a little bit. <clears throat> Anything else on this card that is catching your uh, eye? Yeah, I like the I like the Amanda Hebas Luana Pinheiro fight as well. I think that's on the main card. Um, we've obviously been high on Hebas in the past. Fell for a little bit on Fight Island. She hasn't been able to really quite make it click yet in the UFC. She's so talented, but she's, you know, she's losing as many as she's winning at the moment. She lost last time out, I think it was Macy Barber. She needs to bounce back here. It feels like she's being saved up a little bit to Luana Pinheiro, who's also Brazilian, who's very talented, who's on, you know, a, a sensational run of, of wins. I think she's got one loss on a record from very early 
in her career, second or third professional fight since then. She's won mm. about 10 straight. She's come into the UFC. She's looked good in the UFC as well. She's got a lot of finishes on there. She's accepted fights with the likes of Jessica Penne on multiple occasions, and Penne's pulled out. She's got wins over Randa Marcos. She got a good win last time out over uh, over Michelle Waterson Gomez. Um, and I think Pinheiro is being set up for something a little bit higher here. And if Hebast is going to get back on track, it's a perfect opponent. Stop this girl in her tracks. Suddenly your flavor of the month again. But I would suggest a little bit like Jake Matthews in that co-main event. It's a little bit of a line in the sands. Go, okay, Amanda, you came in. We give you the fanfare. We give you the right fights. And you fell short and you've stumbled. Pinheiro's come in, right? We give you the right fights, the big opportunities. So far, you've lived up to your potential. Okay? Now we're going to give you a favorable matchup. So you've had a couple of names. You've done well. Now we're going to give you a girl that was where you were, but hasn't quite caught fire. Boom. Let's get it on. And I think it's a it's a really intriguing fight. Pinheiro's talented, man. Very talented. But I was saying that I'm as high on Pinheiro unashamedly as I was on Amanda Hebas two years ago. Do you know what I mean? But Hebas, bum bum. It's just been win, loss, loss, win. Whereas Pin Hero, it's like, okay, if you're going to do something, this is a massive opportunity for you. Yeah. Um, anything on that Bellator card that's uh, exciting you? Yeah, listen. They're on Friday. They're on Friday night. That's on Friday night in Chicago. Bellator, what is it? 331, 301 or something like that. Bellator, yeah, Bellator 301, yeah, yeah. A uh, couple of title fights on there. You've got the welterweight title fight. You've got the bantamweight unification fight. You've got the Bellator lightweight Grand Prix final or whatever it is. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, I think Amamov is always worth, uh, Amasov, sorry, is always worth watching, the, the welterweight champion. He's outstanding. He could. He's, in my opinion, top 10 welterweight in the world, the big Ukrainian. We all know his story when, when that invasion happened in, from Russia. He was on the front line with the Klitschkos and Alexander Usyk and, and Vasil Lomachenko and Amasov was there as well. If you There was footage you seen or a, mm. a photograph of him digging his Bellator belt out of his, out of his mother's house and all this stuff. Incredible story, but talent-wise, he's absolutely got it. He's undefeated. He's outstanding. He's facing a guy, this Jason Jackson, I don't know too much about. He's been a champion outside of Bellator. They've drafted him in to try and give Amasov uh, a bit of a test. I don't think he will. I think Amasov is outstanding. And he, we, he's on the verge now of being that guy where, okay, uh, I think we'd like to see him come over to, to the big show and see how good he actually is. Co-main event's good. Sergio Pettis has been brilliant since he went into the Bellator and, and grew up to bantamweight, became the champion, has looked fantastic. But he's facing my old mate, Patchy Mix, who I'm a massive fan of. Patchy Mix was one of my one to watch a couple of years ago, he actually went the Bellator route instead of the UFC route. But still in Bellator, he's been outstanding. He lost a title fight. He's come back now. He's won the interim belt. I think he beats Sergio Pettis, and I think he, he begins a second reign as champion. Um, yeah, Rufin Stotts is rematching with Danny Sabatello. That's a decent rematch too. And then we got Pitbull against Alexander Shabali in the it's either the final or the semi-final of the of the lightweight grand prix or whatever so yeah is aj mckee not on this i thought i saw his name on there is he not aj mckee's fighting sydney outlaw on there as well that's also on this main card 
Is that okay. part of the lightweight Grand Prix as well? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. AJ McKee, but you're right. Yeah, outstanding. So the, the main card is solid. Five solid fights there. Cool. That's on Friday night. Um, I, th- I think it's... Red Button? Is it BBC? BBC? Like, I don't even know, mate. I don't even know. There's lots of talk behind so. the scenes as to what's going on there and who's buying who and what have you. Hopefully everything will become a little bit more clearer for fight fans. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, when's the... I thought, Bell- has this PFL thing not been announced yet? It's supposed to be getting bought by PFL and then they yeah. stay as Bellator for 18 months or a year yeah. before it merges into PFL or something. I don't know. It's all very complicated. Do you know something? I'm, I'm worried about that. I'm worried just, again, this is just from a, a personal point of view. When you think of that that buyout um, and you think of how that then might affect, for example, Liam McCourt, who has just... Mm-hmm. Got herself on the verge of a title fight. Mm. Well, she's on the verge of a big fight. We uh, we cyborg. Yeah. If you're, you've got obviously other weight divisions, female weight divisions in PFL. You've got other fighters. You've got Kayla. You've got all these others. Is is Leah the one that you put in with uh, cyborg? I hope that they stick to it, and that's the direction that we go. I've just got a horrible feeling yeah. that she might get. No, you, you know what? I didn't even think of that, but you're absolutely right because I'm sure Kayla Harrison is no longer on a a normal fighter contract. She's on no, one she's of these Jake she's on Paul, the pay-per-view thing, yeah. She's Jake on the pay-per-view Paul pays your play, no weight division, no level of opponents. We'll just yeah. make kind of fantasy fights and there's only one fantasy fight there and it's Cyborg, isn't it? You're right. I didn't even think of that, you know. I hope that isn't the case. So, listen, the fact that Bellator... The, what we're hearing is that it's going to exist, continue to exist as Bellator for at least a year. Mm. Suggests that maybe Leah will get the opportunity that she's been I waiting so. for. I hope so. I hope too, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, sorry to finish on a negative, people. Just having a little bit of a spitball with my mind there. Um, now then, um, that's our MMA uh, preview Ooh. done. Uh, for uh, for the weekend upcoming. We'll be back next week, of course, to uh, give you a little bit of a review. We've got some fantastic fights uh, as we build up to UFC 296. Uh, so we'll be back. Austin, Texas next week, I think it is. I think that's the uh, the card next week. So we'll be looking ahead towards Austin, Texas. Uh, and then, of course, we'll yeah. be building up nicely to uh, UFC 296, where Leon Edwards and Corby Covington will be going at it. Ian Machado Gary will also be on that card, as will Paddy the Baddy taking on uh, Tony. Paddy the Daddy. Paddy the Daddy, indeed. Uh, so please subscribe to us. There's lots of MMA content coming your way over the not-too-distant future. You can get it via our website, fightdisciples.com. All the audio feeds are there, and we're also available uh, on YouTube. Fight Disciples is what you're looking for. Thanks for watching. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.